Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. Is if you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Pal Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. I always love when we're able to talk to owners of pro sports franchises. and We have one of the best on with us this week. Jeff Vinnick, the owner of the NHL's Tampa Bay Lightning. He's going to join me for an in-depth conversation. In the 12 years that Vinnick has owned the Lightning, the team has made the playoffs nine times, has been to the conference finals seven times, has won the Prince of Wales trophy four times, and the Lightning won back-to-back Stanley Cups in 2020 and 2021. They came darn close to a three-peat earlier this year, losing to the Colorado Avalanche in the Stanley Cup Finals. Vinick is widely regarded as the best owner in the NHL, one of the best team owners in pro sports. He's helped reshape the downtown Tampa Bay area with his vision for developing the area around the arena. And he's one of the most community-minded team owners in all of sports. I had a chance to go to the Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, overtime game the other day, 4-3. Tampa Bay won. Really cool experience to go see the Lightning in person. I think you're going to enjoy my conversation with Jeff on our show this week. I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I'm doing good. And man, he has had a great run with Tampa Bay. You just mentioned uh, rolled off all the uh, accolades there. And man, he he knows what he's doing. And I, I love the interview, how we dip into the community and what he's done for the community and the players respect him and the owners and the, you know, the fans respect him. And uh yeah, just a cool interview. Anytime you can have an owner on, especially with championship team like uh, Tampa Bay, it's a good it's a good conversation. Tampa Bay, as they call them yeah. here in <laughs> Tampa, and seriously, other than the Golden State Warriors, who has had a better run in pro sports in North America in the last ten years than the yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning? I defy you to tell me. Right. And you know, I, I think if they had won three in a row, the Warriors haven't done that. So. Um, some serious success. Like you said, it's not just on the ice. He has some terrific insight 
on when you're hiring people. He has a story that it, it actually blew me away with what he does when he's going to hire someone. So you're going to want to make sure to listen to that because a lot of people listening to this, I'm sure, are going to be responsible for hiring people at some point uh, in their career. But really good stuff. Um, I see organizations all the time. They give away some money and, and they think it's a big deal. Like this is someone who's given away $30 million in the last several years with this $50,000 a game to honor a community hero at all Tampa Bay Lightning home games. He gave uh, each employee in the organization $5,000 and said, donate it to your favorite charity. So that totaled $1.2 million. He puts his money where his mouth is. And it's not just, hey, you know, let's get some good PR out of this. This is changing the community. And I talked to a lot of fans at the game the other night, and this guy walks on water, Jeff Innick. So, um, you know, there's a lot of teams and they don't really like their owner very much or they wouldn't mind trading their owner for another owner. That's not the case here with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, no, I think and that that speaks volumes. I think when you can have an owner and like you said, you, you, you sat with some fans that have been season ticket holders forever and they love everything he's doing. I mean, that, that's where it, that's where it matters. You know, it's, it's with the people, it's the, the season ticket holders, it's the athletes, it's the people he works with. I mean, that that's more that's worth more than, you know what you do on the ice. It's, it's about the community you build around it. All right. Before we get to my conversation with Jeff, let's look at some sports business headlines of the week. Uh, headline number one, Team USA eliminated from the Men's World Cup in the knockout round by the Netherlands. 12.9 million viewers tuned in on Fox and Griggs. Team USA is young, but... Still a little bit disappointing that they go out this early. It's going to be interesting to see what the TV ratings do from here because, you know, here in America, the most or the, the highest rated, the most watched matches so far were Team USA. Now they're out. So, you know, what are those numbers going to look like going forward? That's going to be interesting to watch. I think you still got the big names. You got Neymar still playing. You've got Ronaldo. You've got Messi. You've got Mbappe and all the the big names in soccer are still involved. So, I mean, if you're a soccer fan, you're going to be watching. But I agree. The ones that are just kind of the, you know, you know, not the big go go crazy soccer fan with us out. Will they still be tuning in? Um, I'm watching. It's fun. World Cup. You you know, we we like the Olympics, the World Cup, the, the big sporting events like this. It's been fun to watch, but uh, we'll see how it comes down to the wire as we get through the knockout round. We told you on our show last week that Ronaldo uh, parted ways with Manchester United. Well, guess what? Seemingly, he's not out of work very long. He's going to sign a two-and-a-half-year contract. That's kind of weird, two-and-a-half years, with Saudi Arabian side Al Nasir in a deal potentially worth, are you sitting down? <laughs> yes. $200 million per season. This would be the highest amount of money that an athlete has ever been paid by a team in global sports history, $200 million per season. We'll see if that comes to fruition. But uh, Marka is reporting that. And uh, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, $200 million for one season. So uh, the rich get richer. Ronaldo already has a pile of money from his career and from his endorsements. But uh, if he's making 200 mil per season, for I mean, I'd like to just have the half a season. <laughs> yeah. Like, just give me. 
give me the hundred mil for the half a season and, and I'll be fine with that. I love the two and a half season uh, contract too. That's kind of funny. I, you don't see that very often, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's been top five highest paid athletes basically since he started, it feels like. Right. And this is just going to make him number one even longer because no one's getting paid that much in the NBA or NFL yet. But uh, man, 200 million a season, nuts. All right. The MLB hot stove is heating up. A lot of free agents on the market. Two of note. So Justin Verlander and his wife, Kate Upton, Mm -hmm. head to the New York Mets. Two years, $86 million, according to multiple reports. Um, Verlander had been in Houston. He's the current reigning Cy Young Award winner. So that's a ton of money for him, especially at his age. But he's still producing results. But that'll be interesting. Uh, Trey Turner to the Philadelphia Phillies from the Dodgers. 11 years. $300 $300 million, according to multiple reports. So um, those are the two biggest free agent signings so far. Still on the market, Aaron Judge, Dansby Swanson, and a few others. These 11-year contracts, like a lot of MLB players don't even play 11 seasons. I mean, in their whole career. And they're signing these 11-year contracts. I don't understand the long contracts. We've talked about that before. Uh, yeah. I just don't, I just don't, there's just no way he's going to be there 11 years, but who knows? I guess it's it's the money. And, uh, you know, maybe he thinks, OK, I can have my family here and we can just live our life for 11 years. But that's just nuts. Well, according to the reports on Turner's contract, it's a full no trade for him. Wow. So he can be there for 11 years if he wants, unless he waives his no trade clause. Right. All right. Let's look at the college football playoff. Those matchups are set. There was a lot of controversy around who was going to make it. And Georgia is the number one seed. They're going to play the number four seed, Ohio State. Michigan is the number two seed. They'll take on the number three seed, TCU. Griggs, did the committee get it right? You know, I think with the crazy games there this last weekend with USC dropping out and then TCU losing two, it's just like, where do you put people? I was glad that Alabama didn't sneak back in because I was worried they were going to somehow pop up because they're Alabama. But uh, I think Georgia, Michigan, got to have it. Those are the two that are that are definitely solid. I think Georgia's going to repeat. But um I don't know. I mean, I think that Michigan TCU game is going to be fun, too, because TCU can compete and they're a quick team. Uh, It's fun to watch. I'm looking forward to tuning in. I just uh, I'm happy Alabama's not in the top four. Yeah, I like TCU's quarterback. Mm -hmm. He has some grit and grind and guts. So, um, you know, those will be fun games to watch. But I agree with you. I think Georgia is going to smoke everyone. So it's just uh, going through the motions. All right. Here's the New Year's six slate. The Capital One Orange Bowl. Tennessee versus Clemson, the All-State Sugar Bowl, Alabama versus Kansas State. I think Alabama is going to smoke Kansas State. The Fiesta Bowl, as we told you, Michigan TCU. The Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, as we told you, Georgia versus Ohio State. The Goodyear Cotton Bowl, Tulane versus USC. Tulane had a surprising season. And then the Rose Bowl, Penn State versus Utah. I think both of those fan bases are going to travel well because they haven't been in that game in a long time. So they're going to be excited to be in the granddaddy of them all, Greg. Yeah, I think those are good matchups. A lot of those games, I'm I'm curious about the Clemson-Tennessee. I think that'll be a fun one to watch. Um, but, you know, it's the, the age-old question, what seniors are going to play, what big athletes are going to play, what what team are you going to see in these games other than the big four games or the big, you know, two games. But, uh, you know, some of these bowl games, you never know who you're going to see. So that's kind of a little bit frustrating as fans, but um, it's going to be a good New Year's uh, six for sure. All right. As I told you, Jeff Vennick, the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning, coming up next. But next week, Griggs, we're going to 
look under the hood of another championship organization. You and I are headed on the road. We're going to be in San Francisco for the Sports Business Radio Roadshow presented by Boingo. I'm going to sit down with Golden State Warriors President Brandon Schneider for a conversation at the Chase Center in front of a studio audience. Our conversation is going to post on our December 14th podcast, so be on the lookout for that. Thanks to Boingo for powering the Sports Business Radio Roadshow, and thanks to Brandon and the Warriors for hosting us. Griggs, we haven't been at the Chase Center, so uh, it's going to be really cool to see that state-of-the-art venue. And, you know, like I just said, if you're looking at the two most successful organizations in North American sports over the last 10 years, it's got to be the Warriors and Lightning. So for us to have back-to-back shows where we get to talk to leaders of both organizations, that's pretty great insight. Yeah, I'm excited to hit the road again with you. We always have a good time. I've never been to San Fran, so I'm looking forward to seeing a new city. And uh, yeah, the live shows are always fun to do. It's going to be fun to see the venue, which is, you know, from what I can tell is, you know, state-of-the-art and iconic and just beautiful. So I'm looking forward to hitting the road and possibly hitting the ice rink again. All right. Do you think those shots from Steph, the full court shots that are making the way on social media, are those for real or are those doctored? There's no way he made five full court shots in a row, right? I watched that video probably five times because I'm like, okay, where's the edit? I'm trying to look for an edit or a clip or something weird, but I don't know. His reaction is on point with every shot. So, and he goes crazy after the fifth one. You got guys yelling in the background saying, that's five, that's five. And then he hits it. I mean, it's Steph. The guy, if anybody else could do it. No one else could do it. It's going to be Steph. So I kind of am leaning towards believing it, but I'm not sure yet. (laughs) He's the greatest shooter of all time, but even the greatest shooter of all time, I'm not sure can make five. I mean, they're just heaves. They're just one arm heaves. Yeah. Yeah. Just one arm heaves (laughs) and five in a row. So that's one of the questions I'm going to have to ask Brandon. I don't know if he's going to sell Steph out. He'll probably say, oh yeah, of course he he made all those (laughs) shots. But, uh, and then I want to see, maybe we can get some shots up. At, at Chase Center. What do you think? How cool would that be, man? I would love to take a shot from Steph Range or behind the backboard or, you know, from the front row in the stand, see what happens. Yeah, they'd probably <laughs> be afraid that we'd like knock the basket down or <laughs> exactly something like that. All right, on tap for food in San Francisco. We're going to Ghirardelli to have a hot fudge Sunday because yep. you've never been there. We're doing some sourdough bread down at the wharf. Yep. We're going to Chinatown and having some dinner there. Um, but you know, usually when we do these road shows, we eat our way through the city <laughs> that we're, uh, and, and we're both in pretty good shape, but yeah, you know, sure. we got to spoil ourselves, uh, now and again. So, um, you know, my inside tracker app may go crazy <laughs> with, uh, my blood work after this trip, but, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have some fun while we're there. Well, like you said, they're short trips so we can, you know, spoil ourselves a little bit for a day or two and then get back on the uh, Peloton and run in the streets or whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a little trolley trip down to the wharf and uh, seeing uh, a beautiful city. Yeah, I did not take the ice at the lightning game. So even though you and I went skating a few weeks ago and we may <laughs> take the ice in San Francisco at Union Square, uh, I, I saved the Tampa Bay Lightning fans uh, some pain and heartache from having to watch me uh, skate (laughs) on the ice at the lightning game. Yeah, it's probably a good move. When you're watching an NHL team skate, they're probably a little bit more caliber up than us, but uh, it's close. I mean, it really is amazing to see professional hockey in person. It it was fantastic. All right, coming up next, Jeff Vinnick, the owner of the NHL's Tampa Bay Lightning. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. 
When it comes to your health and longevity, you hold nothing back. You understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build strength, speed recovery, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash SBR. That's insidetracker.com forward slash SBR. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. My guest is Jeff Venick. He is the owner of the NHL's Tampa Bay Lightning. He purchased the team in 2010. I had a chance to take in the Lightning's 4-3 to three overtime win over the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday night. It was an outstanding game from start to finish. Jeff, how are you? Thanks for joining me on Sports Business Radio. Yeah, ple- pleasure to be here, Brian. And uh, it was an outstanding game. One, because we won, but two, also, it was just fun. It was a lot of action, a lot going on. So it's fun to play great teams like Toronto. I tweeted out, uh, whoever does your game ops deserves a raise because your game ops, I've been to lots of sporting events in my career. It's as good as I've seen. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, from day one, when I bought the team 13 years ago, something that was really important to us. Um, we want to, you know, treat our fans uh, as well as we can, whether that's, you know, when they walk in the door to our arena or when it's during TV timeouts during the game. And uh, we pride ourselves on really providing great, respectful, respectful to the game of hockey entertainment. Yeah. And you've even got some lightning in arena. I mean, you don't see that every day. Yeah. When I asked for that, again, going back 13 years ago, I said, why can't we have a throw of lightning? And uh, they thought I was crazy when we asked Bart. And the next thing, uh, you know, we looked into it. And those are Tesla coils. And beginning of the game or when we score, yeah, we have real lightning in our arena. And uh, I'm proud to say that the uh, we haven't hurt anybody in, uh, in the whole time. All we've done is celebrate goals. Well, that's wonderful. All right, let's go back to 2010. Um, you know, you could have purchased a lot of different teams out there in a lot of different leagues. What was it about the Tampa Bay Lightning and the NHL that you saw? Because, I mean, Jeff, this was a downtrodden franchise. The season ticket base was very low, very little corporate support. It wasn't what it is today. What was the vision that you saw for the club when you purchased them? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Um, uh, I saw opportunity is what I saw. But you're right, going back to uh, 20, uh, 2008, 2009, which was when I decided that I wanted to buy an NHL team because I love the sport of hockey and uh, I was looking uh, forward to, you know, hopefully making a difference in a community and bringing a winning team somewhere, helping a team win. Uh, that's when I started the process. And, you know, terrible recession at the time. There were probably somewhere between five and 12 teams that 
could potentially have been available for sale at that time. I looked, I looked at them all. Now I'm, I'm a analyst by training. I invest in the stock market. So my life is about evaluating pros and cons, major factors, minor factors. And, uh, I did that as I, uh, looked, uh, you know, for what I thought would be, you know, uh, the best available opportunity for myself and my family. Uh, so we did evaluate a lot of different teams. Uh, frankly, I knew again that one of the critical ingredients for having a successful franchise and creating a successful brand is to live in the city that, uh, in which you own the team. So that was really important to me. And with most of my kids leaving the house at, at that time, and my wife and I, uh, in middle age, um, you know, frankly, we'd rather have been someplace warm than someplace cold. It wasn't the only factor, but uh, that certainly was uh, something attractive about Sunbelt states in the U.S. And then we went into more detail, whether it was, um, you know, like with Florida teams and the, the lightning, you know, population increasing one to two percent a year is an incredible tailwind to have. I mean, in 13 years, population in Tampa Bay has gone up 25 percent. Wow. That's 25 percent more demand for everything. And if anything, it's accelerating right now since the pandemic because there's so much good stuff going on in the region. So that was a big factor to me. Um, lots to do, uh, you know, great, exciting, growing region. History of success led the league in attendance uh, for two years in a row in the mid-2000s. Frankly, great franchise players just drafted in Stamkos and Hedman. And three years later, nobody else remained on the team that when I bought the team except those two. And obviously, as you know, we've won two cups and they're still on the team and still two of our uh, very best players. Um, and, you know, you put it all together. The franchise was in in very difficult state. The brand was irrelevant in the community. Season tickets were low. There was a huge amount to be done. And um, but I did see that opportunity with the with the with the, the love of sports here in the area, the history of success with hockey, the great young players. I did think if uh, we ran the, the team really well, there was an opportunity to uh, build a strong franchise. And, um, you know, what wasn't easy. Your next question may be how, how you do this. I'll answer it before you ask it. And my answer is pretty simple. Uh, as I've learned more and more, as the older I've gotten, hire great people, give them the resources to succeed and then get out of the way and let them do their jobs. And I was so fortunate to be able to hire Todd Liewicki, a CEO, uh, one of the very best in all of sports, and hire Steve Eisenman as general manager right off the bat. And one of the most respected guys, you know, alive in hockey and one of the smartest uh, um, uh, measured guys, et cetera, really, really, both really, really good people. You know, I could have gotten hit by a bus the next day and it all flowed from there. And um, again, we, we, you know, we just we discussed strategy, but I have not in 13 years ever told my general manager, whether it was Steve Eisenman or Julian Breezeblatt who succeeded Steve, I've never told them who to draft, who to trade for, who to bench, who to put on the power play. You know what? If I'm making those decisions, we got some real problems here. We we have experts, whether it's our GM or our coach, the whole hockey ops department who should be making those decisions. Well, we tell you what, uh, every owner doesn't think like you. There's a lot of owners that get into the weeds on that. But let me ask you this. You obviously have an excellent eye when it comes to hiring people. You just mentioned some of the executives that you've hired. 
What are some of the characteristics that you look for when you're IDing that talent to run hockey ops or business ops? Yeah, and uh, I have learned over the last 15 years through the lightning, through our real estate company, other uh, business ventures that I've been involved in that I, I seem to be pretty good at hiring people. Um, you know, you've got to, uh, you've got to mesh completely in terms of values, uh, in terms of the way you treat people, in terms of the way of integrity, all those kind of soft factors are really important. So, and it's an art, not a science hiring, hiring people. There's definitely a scientific element. You want to understand how they've done in previous jobs. You want to check all their background and, you know, people that they work with. But the art of it is, and I always use this as an example, uh, when I'm hiring senior level people, I like to go out to lunch or to dinner with them. I want to see how they treat the waiter, right? Are they wow. being respectful? I love that. Res yeah. Are they being respectful the way they treat the waiter? If they're barking orders at the waiter, you know what? That's probably, you know, it doesn't mean that person is eliminated, but it's a red flag in my mind. And that's the way you kind of get at the values. Um, spend a lot of time with these people. You know, you want really smart people, really good intention people, people who had a history of success, people who are really good people, people, if I could say that. Um, it, it's just so many of these more soft than hard characteristics. Um, and then at the end of the day, I don't know, it's almost like I've invested in the stock market. I believe the stock market's more, picking stocks is more an art than a science. And at the end of the day, you have a gut feel or just mm. an intuition. I think this stock's a buy. I think we should hire this person. And then lastly, I'll say is I believe if you can get a person who's the best, the person who's the best, or let's say in the top 3%, is often 10 times better than the person who's in the top 20%. Mm. So it's often worth it to pay that top 3% person sometimes significantly more just to get them because they're so much better and going to have so much greater effect. And to be perfectly frank, the Lightning were losing so much money when I bought the team and such difficult straits. If I hadn't hired Todd and if I hadn't hired Steve, I think there's a very good chance the Tampa Bay Lightning would no longer be uh, in Tampa Bay right now. It would be the something else, something else. Uh, they were so good that, you know, they were able to create this turnaround. It took a lot of time and a lot of hard work, but uh, obviously we're proud the way it's evolved. All right, I'm going to read our audience some stats here because it is not easy to change culture. Since you purchased the Lightning, so that's 12 years, the Lightning have made the playoffs nine times. They've been to the conference finals seven times. You've won the Prince of Wales trophy four times. You won back-to-back -back Stanley Cups in 2020 and 2021, and you came darn near to three-peating earlier this year. So this is a question that a lot of teams struggle with. How do you change the culture when it's been a losing culture? It's been a downtrodden culture. Like you said, maybe the brand's not as strong. How do you... I mean, the stats I just read, those are as good as any team in all of sports anywhere in the world, as far as winning is concerned. How do you change that culture? It's a, 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 well, thank you. Also, we're, we're obviously proud of those accomplishments, but, uh, it's old news and we gotta, now we gotta do 
well this year and in all the years ahead, we were, we're never going to be satisfied. But it starts day one. First of all, it starts with the leadership people, hopefully myself, you know, Todd, Steve, the people that remain with the organization, the people they hire. That's where it starts. And then it is just, you know, when I remember Todd used to talk about the story, when he would walk around the arena, if there were a tissue on the ground, he would pick it up. So people that worked there could see him doing that. He would go, and me, me too. I, you know, and it's like, well, somebody just blew their nose. I can't believe I'm picking this up. Um, the way you treat people day in and day out with respect and, you know, just basic human decency, uh, the way we treat our community, the way we right away gave our season ticket holders, you know, free uh, jerseys in our first couple of years, uh, 25% off food and beverage, 35% off merch, a community hero. It is um, where we give away $50,000 to the charity of choice of a, of a hero every single game. We're up to uh, 13 years now and closing in on $30 million to all kinds of grassroots organization. Those are six things out of 6,000 things that we have to keep doing in every single day to up, build up our brand and create that culture. So. It is a nonstop, I'd have to use the football analogy, blocking and tackling. Mm. It is just, it, it, it's not one major thing. It is just relentlessly uh, trying to be better every day. That sounds like uh, with our hockey team, relentlessly trying to be every better every day and continuing to make the organization improved. Our original intention, we wanted to be world-class, world-class. Two years later, after we think we thought we accomplished it, I said, let's be world-class plus. And uh, I can't, I, I don't know exactly how they grade world-class plus, but again, I'm proud of our culture. I'm proud of the way um, we've evolved and we continue to try to do better. Well, Sports Business Journal graded world-class plus by giving the Tampa Bay Lightning team of the year. So that's a pretty good honor right there. I have had countless owners on this show in the last 19 years. I got to tell you, I have not seen too many sports organizations do what you've done in the community. I mean, you just mentioned the the community heroes. I saw that the other night with the $50,000 at every single home game. Um, I was as impressed, to be honest with you, with the fact that you gave $5,000 to every single one of your employees, totaling $1.2 million, and you said they can donate the $5,000 to the charity of their choice. I thought that was amazing. I, when I was at we the game- that, We did that in game six against Colorado, our last home game, that's for our community here. Yeah. And yeah. it's funny, Brian, I'm really, I'm not always great coming up with ideas, but I'm really good at when people have good ideas saying, I love the idea. <laughs> that one was my idea, so I was really proud of it. Well, I'll tell you what, it's a great idea. It gives some ownership to the employees. I'm sure they love being the ones who kind of directed where that money went to their favorite charity. I was at the game the other night. I sat next to a gentleman named Jose, who has been a 30-year season ticket wow. holder. And I'm telling you, you walk on water with he and his wife who have come to all the games. And they didn't even talk about the hockey. They talked about what you've done in the community and how you've changed the downtown area. and you know, that you're a genuine person and this organization is a genuine organization. You're not just writing checks to write checks. You're making meaningful change in the community. Where does that come from for you personally? Because again, 
you're the leader of this organization. So everything kind of flows downward. So if you're not doing this, none of this is happening. Yeah, let, let, let's, let's, I, I, there are two factors here that I don't want to uh, look over. Yeah, I, okay, I'm the owner, I'm the leader of the organization, but this is the DNA of our organization. This is people we've hired over time who mm -hmm. share these values. Steve Griggs, our current CEO, is fine a person as you'll meet. Julian Breezeblad, the same way. So I'm just one person at the top. This is an entire organization living and breathing these, these, these values. And I also want to give a, a shout out to our community and uh, whether it's uh, people who live here or the, the public sector, the corporate sector, this is an unusual place, Tampa Bay. And it is really what I call just really nice people, welcoming people. And I think they've responded incredibly well. We have tried to be outgoing and generous with the community. As an owner of a sports team, we have an obligation to do the right thing. Mm. And, you know, my parents, Penny, my wife's parents, they brought us up that way. So not only is it good business, frankly, but it's also just doing the right thing. We have this, I have this position where people listen, people follow. And especially as I get older, it gets more meaningful. Let's help others out, whether it's during COVID or any other time when, when we can make a difference. Um, let's, let's see if we can do that. Uh, uh, you know, those of us, certainly an owner, but our employees, our players, the organization, we're very, very fortunate. That's not true of everybody. So if we can just share a little bit, um, maybe we make the world a 1% or Tampa Bay 1% better place. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. Hey, everyone. Brian Berger here. Roan is the new official menswear partner of Sports Business Radio. I love their product. I've been a fan for a long time. Did you know David Stern was one of their first investors? Roan makes the absolute highest quality, best fitting, and most comfortable performance-driven clothing for men. Their entire line places emphasis on an active, balanced, and purpose-driven lifestyle. I'm wearing my spar joggers. I've got them in uh, heather gray. I've got them in navy. I've got my moleskin commuter slim pant. I've got my regular black commuter pant. I've got my dress shirts. So when I'm out in in-person meetings, I have the nicer Roan product to wear. But most of the time, I'm working from home. And I've got my rain long sleeve gray heather camo. I've got my rain long sleeve hoodies. I am wearing the shorts for workouts, the seven inch Mako shorts. So I'll tell you what, from top to bottom, whether it's casual or business wear, Roan has me covered. I know they're going to have you covered too. And Roan is offering sports business radio podcast listeners 15% off your purchase. Go to Roan dot com r h o n e dot com and enter code sbr fifteen at checkout like sports business radio fifteen sbr fifteen at checkout receive fifteen percent off your purchase that's roan dot com r h o n e dot com and enter promo code sbr fifteen at checkout now back to sports business radio with Brian Berger well you not just have a, a great connection with the community. I, I noted your connection with your players the other night when Steven Stamkos was honored for a thousand career points. You honored him uh, before the game started. 
Uh, his wife was there. His kids were there. I mean, there were flowers brought by uh, players. You were there and gave him, you know, uh, I think a golden stick or something to that effect. It was first class all the way. And and I've heard, you know, from lots of people throughout the NHL that you treat your players and coaches with first class. And you look at someone like Stamkos, who you mentioned, has been here for a long time. And players don't want to stay that long if they're not treated well, right? Like they want to go somewhere else where they're treated better. So where does that connection with the players come from? Because dealing with a player or a coach is a little bit different than dealing with, you know, someone on the business side. Yeah. And I, I'm going to mention one thing on Stamkos. It was a huge day for us um, probably now seven years ago after Stamkos. He had his entry-level contract and his, uh, I believe, second contract was three years, unless I'm mistaken, unless I'm remembering wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was the case. You know, and he was very close to becoming a free agent. And that's a time where a lot of players, um, I may have those years wrong, but anyway, Stamkos, maybe he was a free agent. I just can't quite remember. But we had to sign another contract with him. He could have gone to other places. He could have gone to Toronto, et cetera. He stayed here. And the Lightning did not have a history. A lot of Tampa Bay teams didn't have a history of players when they had the opportunity to go other places staying here. So that was really meaningful and really important that he did that. Um, again, different owners do things differently. Uh, I don't go into the, into the dressing room after games. Um, I, I, I choose my spots when I, when I go down and, and, and talk, this is their home. This is their living room. Uh, they don't need to see me after every game. I'm looking at the big picture. I'm not going around saying, you know, to Braden point, great game, Braden point or something like that. So, you know, the relationship I've developed with them is based on a handful of times we get together a year. Uh, we've been able to enjoy some joyous moments celebrating Stanley cups. Uh, certainly the highlight, whether, you know, we parties or boat parade and uh, just winning right after. Um, but other times, charity events or beginning of the season. So, you know, I try to be very respectful of the players and their lives, the coaches also and their lives, not interfering, as, as I've talked about. I don't I don't interfere at all. So, um, you know, that's the way I've done it now. Again, other owners do things very differently and other owners have a lot of success doing things very differently, but kind of fits my personality of low-key personality, kind of fits um, what's worked, I guess, so far. And uh, I don't want to screw it up at this point by now uh, going in and visiting after every win and every loss. Well, I, I saw like, after every round, my family does go after every round of the playoffs, assuming we win. Uh, I do go in and talk to the team after that. So that's one tradition that we've had that's been a lot of fun. Oh, and they seem to like you a lot at those parades. I see a lot of hugs and high fives and arms around you and, and things like that. So, uh, you know, you can tell a lot about that that body language and that relationship. I want to spend a few minutes talking also about... Also about the amount of beer that we all drink. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the time to do it, right? Like if, you yeah, can't, if you can't do it then, then when are you going to do it? Exactly. Um, the overall state of the NHL. So franchise values are up. Um, just signed a new media rights deal with ESPN and Turner. Just yep. give me your general thoughts on the overall state of the NHL. I know you were, you know, you had part ownership of the Red Sox, I think, for a while there. And I look at Major League Baseball and, you know, they're kind of flat and even declining a little bit. I see NHL continuing to trend upward. Yeah, um, as our commission will be the first one to tell you, and I'd be the first one to second it. Uh, 
NHL is doing great. Uh, the game is fantastic. Um, the, the pace of the games, there's more scoring than there was a few years ago. So it's more exciting. Um, and, you know, the secret sauce of hockey, uh, NHL hockey, in my opinion, is just how close every game is and how close the standings are overall. Because we have a great system in terms of the salary cap, it really equalizes play to a pretty good extent throughout the league. And, um, you know, I don't think there's another sport. Uh, the NFL would be closest where so many games are close, you know, with five, 10 minutes left in the game. There, there I forget the statistic, like 70 or 80% of games are within two goals in the in sometime in the third period. And maybe 60% are within one goal. You go to, you know, when you go to a sporting event, you want, you want your home team to win. You want it to be a close game. And you know, when you go to a hockey game, almost always, it's going to be really close and really exciting to the end. But in terms of, you talked about ESPN and Turner, so we have great partners, nationally televising our games, our ratings are as good as they've ever been, both in the US and Canada. Um, uh, the, again, the game continues to improve. We make, we, we continue to make the game better and better. And, um, you know, in my opinion, it's, and I think most sports fans' opinions, it's the best game to watch in person. So while personally, I love watching NFL games while sitting on a couch on a Sunday, uh, I love watching hockey games, uh, while sitting on a chair in the arena on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Monday or whatever. Well, and I'm telling you out, one of the smartest things the league did in recent years is I love the three-on-three in overtime. I love it. And we got to see it the other night. Yeah, and it's so exciting. And I, I just think it's a different twist on things. And um, I, I loved it. I thought it was it was a great outcome for you guys. It was over pretty quickly. Um, yeah. I'm wondering, do you guys practice? Like, hey, these are our three designated players for overtime, and we're going to, you know, not mix it up like these are the experts when it comes to playing overtime yeah um i, I mean there's got to be flexibility in who you put right. on the ice sure. based on who's available who's had more playing time who play who's playing well with whom so i don't think there's a set formula for what players come on the ice um but uh there's no question all teams in the league practice it it's an important part is so you know probably over 10 percent of games players practice shootouts also right that's an important part of it uh and it's interesting when three on three started a number of years ago. I don't know if you remember, it was crazy. I was worried players were going to get hurt. It's still crazy, but it's it's more contained now. Where you know they'll sometimes take the puck in the opposing team's end and then come out of the end to regroup and get more speed. So all teams have learned strategy wise how to better right. you know give their team a, a better chance to win. But it is fantastic. We all agree on that. Sports betting, the NHL has deals with, I think, FanDuel and BetMGM. Uh, as I understand it, Florida, sports betting not legalized here yet. So where's the future of sports betting? Because, again, this is such a huge revenue stream for these leagues and teams now. Yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a, a significant uh, positive factor for all the sports and for the NHL. Uh, we do think in Florida, sports betting, it's a matter of time. Uh, we, we actually did, uh, have it, have it, uh, brought in a couple of years ago and then it got overturned. I don't know if it was at a court level or exactly what happened there, but uh, we do think that, uh, we will have sports betting here and probably most of the country, although California voters turned it down in a big way. I saw that. Uh, but, you know, again, uh, 
what we've seen in all the sports is my concern was you might lose the uh, tribalism of fans for their favorite teams because they become more interested in covering the spread or betting on sports. We have seen none of that be the love, the emotional bond between teams and their fans has remained as strong as ever. So uh, I don't see that incremental negative happening. And, you know, more and more and more uh, casual fans, we believe, will get involved in all sports, including hockey, because they have other ways to enjoy it and other ways to bet on it. It's still early, though, in the evolution of sports betting, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, uh, I can't remember the term, it's not progressive, but, you know, bets during games. That's still in the first or second inning of happening or watching alternative uh, uh, channels or streaming alternative channels in terms of betting being, you know, shown an opportunity, opportunities there, uh, you know, uh, tailoring that for a different audience. We still have a long way to go to uh, maximize the potential. Definitely incremental positive. Uh, Just a few minutes left before I need to let you go. You sold a minority stake to Arctos Sports Partners earlier this year, I believe. Yes. Um, why did you do that? I know you're still in charge. You're majority owner. Some fans were like wondering, hey, what's going on here? What led you to do that? Yeah, Arctos, uh, are, they are the cream of the crop in terms of this new breed of uh, private equity companies that are investing in sports teams. You look at the roster of teams they've invested in. It is a who's who of the best in the sport. Uh, they are out in front of every other organization. And I personally am very proud to be partners with them. Uh, we, uh, again, we don't share uh, our financial information with them. We don't share our hockey information with them. They're invested in so many teams that that's all got to be kept private to us. But what we do get, they have a list of advisors um, throughout all aspects of sports, whether it's media or partnership or, uh, you know, sports betting or, um, analytics, they have a team of advisors that is also a who's who. And we get access to those people. We get access to talking to other teams and other owners. And it's just, it's a great win-win because we learn so much from them about you know, ways that we can run the Tampa Bay Lightning better. So uh, uh, it's a great partnership. There are terrific people uh, that are running Arctos, and we think it's a win-win for them and for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, I do maintain full control, and um, I do maintain almost all of the rights. So uh, in terms of fans who may worry about any of that stuff, uh, they don't have to because, uh, you know, I'm in charge. Uh, Are we a lot you know, of people really? As you know, I'm in charge as owner, not as the power play. Right. <laughs> All right. Last question for you. And, and I ask this to a lot of owners that I have on this show. What's the greatest pleasure that you personally derive from owning the Tampa Bay Lightning? Well, uh, winning Stanley Cups was a great pleasure. Um, watching hockey games is why I love watching hockey games. Um, you know, it's, it's, and I guess I take it a level higher watching hockey games with my family. I put it at a higher level than that during the playoffs to the extent my, my, my kids can get out of work. My wife, Penny and I, and the kids will fly around to all the different places. And, you know, we get a lot of great bonding and family time together. I mean, we've been so fortunate to have so many playoff games the last few years. Uh, we also had another experience where, uh, all the medal of honor recipients in the country, um, uh, descended on a Tampa 
I don't know, four or five years ago. And to have all of them in our company and to be able to put them all on the ice and honor them was an incredible experience. I put that up there. I put that 99% of the way up there with winning Stanley Cups wow. in terms of the greatest experiences that I've had. Um, it's, it's, it's been terrific, but I love watching hockey games. That's amazing. Well, the impact you've had on the NHL, the impact you've had on the Tampa Bay community, the impact you've had on the development around the arena, we didn't even get to that, but you've done such an amazing job there. Uh, I tip my cap to you. You know, you're widely regarded as one of the best owners in the NHL and continued success to you. Well, thank I appreciate it, Brian. But, you know, uh, let's not forget we're supported by a couple hundred employees who yep. do a hell of a job for us. Yep. Jeff Venick, the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Thanks so much for joining me on Sports Business Radio. My pleasure. Thank you. This episode of Sports Business Radio is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy app ever released and the official gaming partner of Sports Business Radio. And with early investors like Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and Jared Goff, I know that Underdog Fantasy is made for people like me who are on the go and want something quick, easy, and fun to play. And today we've got a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. If you sign up to Underdog Fantasy using the promo code SBR, they're going to double your first deposit up to $100. No risk, no long-term commitment, just sign up using promo code SBR and your first deposit is matched up to $100 for free. I already play Underdog Fantasy on the Underdog Fantasy app, but if I didn't, I'd use that free $100 and go for a pick'em contest where I can bet the over-under on individual players or team matchups. Or maybe the Best Ball Mania 3 contest worth $10 million in total prizes. All you have to do is draft a team for the season. No waivers, no lineups, no injury reports. Underdog Fantasy takes care of all of that for you. So do what I've been doing. Go to Underdog Fantasy. Download the app, sign up with promo code SBR, and get started right away with a free match on your first deposit up to $100. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our team at Sports Business Radio, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Ryan Nakajima, and our friends at CG Sports who power Sports Business Radio, CG Young, Matt Amerlin, Nicole Wardle, and Calvin Wirtz. I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions, griggsproductions.com.